Good morning again. As you probably heard from Ben, that you know we've had a, a pretty hectic week. Um, you know we had to make a decision whether I flew to um, Malaysia um, or not. Very very difficult time, um, but praise God, the they had hours and hours of testimonies. Um, you know, noon of all Boxing Day was hours of testimonies. I think they were there for 11 hours. And people, you know, giving testimony from all over the, all over the world, really, and especially the, all those people in Malaysia and, and surrounding countries. Um, quite an amazing time, and the funeral was on Saturday. So they um, graciously allowed me to have um, time to be able to send a video link um, to. Get off that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Right, we started with our pastor's welcome and we had that um, chapter there. And as you've probably noticed, that every, every single person now that comes up here, doesn't matter who they are, um, it's amazing to see that, you know, what comes out of their mouth, their faith and the scriptures that come out. It's, it's just wonderful and the heart for God. So it just shows you what God can do with anyone <laughs> not just us with anyone and you know and when and when we had all these lovely people say well I can't do this and I can't do that you know no I can't do that I can't speak and everything else and every single one of you have gone way past your comfort zones and gone out on the roads and knocked doors and things so you know that's an amazing change what's it tell us that this bible is real it's not some storybook. It's not something that somebody's written for a bunch of stories. It's historical. It's factual. And, you know, and our experience that's that we've just had in this year have shown us it's real. And, you know, and so that, that's so important. You know, but one of the things that, you, you know, that we always have to do is, and, and that scripture I gave, it was wonderful. I loved it because it got so much, so much in it. And, you know, and it's all that about that, you know, that, that if we follow God, he, we, he gives us favor and he, and he gives us the wisdom to be able to do. And it gives us strength and not only strength in our physical, but strength in our, our emotional and, and, and in, our, in our spirit to be able to go through no matter what comes and even better that not only does he come it enables us to love one another you know I, I've said this many times and I'll probably say it till the Lord Jesus comes up you know people are very irritating amen Lewis <laughs> very irritating you know but it's amazing isn't it years ago they would irritate me until I would speak some words that I wouldn't would rather not repeat and yet now it just enables you to move in out the way and just love them and just understand, you know, what it is, what's speaking and what's going on. And it just gives you an amazing freedom to be able to let your own spirit stay calm and give love instead of some vitriolic statement that we will regret. So that, that's the wonderful part, and I love it. You know, length of day is going to give me. So the sermon's title today is, What Do You Want Me To Do 
this coming year, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. This definitely should be our attitude to God. What can we do for you, Lord? We've been reading for the last year and years how much God wants to do for us. It's amazing, you know. We, we found out that there was 8,462 promises in the Bible that God wants to do for his people. So this is definitely a change of our attitude, the way that we see things. And instead of, you know, say, like most people do, go to God for everything, I want this, God, and I want that, and do this, and bless this, and, and do that. It, it's a complete change to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> we've seen so many scriptures like Psalm 3 that, that we've read, uh, where God... He's actually calling us, not only into his kingdom, but to trust him. And that trust is incredibly difficult, um, especially for, for, for people who come to the Lord at a, at a more elderly age, like me. Um, you know, so, so it's important because we've got so ingrained in the things of this world. You know, we think what we do is right anyhow. You know, and the Bible is really clear about that. He said, every man thinks he's right in his own eyes. So it just, it just allows us to say, hmm, hmm, yes, I see now sometimes I was wrong and I am wrong. And that's a lovely place to be because no longer have you got to prove anything then. Amen? It's just, it releases you from trying to be something that we're not and look at me and all the rest of it. And you know, it's that obedience that he, he looks for because it's obedience that, that, that allows God to bless us. Because if we follow our own path and think what we think and it's not what God wants you to do, well, it's actually disobedience no matter how you want to look at it. Because if you know better than God, show me the world you've made. Whatever, you can do that once you go there. And I always turn people to in the Old Testament to Deuteronomy 28. Did you have a look at obedience and disobedience? There's a, there's, there's a passage on obedience, how God wants to pour out the goodness and your harvest and your children and love and hope and that. And then the disobedience goes on for about another six pages of, you know, of what you're going to get if you don't obey. So it's, you know, it's oh, that's a bit rough. I said, well, no, it's only rough if you're, if you're disobedient, you want to go your own way. So it's crazy that people won't follow God's way and see. And just see what he wants for us. And of course, you know, you, you heard a bit of testimony from, from, um, from Ben there, you know, about, and I'll come to that in, in, in a while, of, of what Clement and I was able to do through obedience. It's why I'm always checking myself. I mean, you will always think I'm checking you, but I'm always checking myself, judging myself at how I've been, you know, what am I doing? Am I doing enough? What have I said today? You know, all the time, you know, how have I looked today? You know, and don't forget I'm only flesh. So you will see me fail as often as, as any other person. But the failure doesn't stay with me. I know that. That's the difference. The disappointment won't stay with me. What people say and do won't stick to me. You know, I said, to, I said to Andrea this morning, I said, Andrea, 
you know, she said, oh, Mark, and she, she said something, and we were both like, oh, you know, and I said, Andrea, the only difference is I go, start swimming and get the mess out of the way. Yeah. You know, when swimming is great, isn't it? You push it behind you, whichever way you want to do it. Yeah. You push it behind you, and, it, and that's what it is, because we've got to go on. If we can't put ourselves right, how can we show others? What this life of Christ is like. You know, so if we go down and start moaning and complaining, that means we've not trusted God. Straight away we've gone about what Mark thinks, what Ben thinks, what Andrea thinks, instead of trusting God. But you know, Ben I've heard this many times. I, have a, I had a saying from, a, from, a, from about the age of, of 23, um, you know, and I went on a time management course, and one of, the, one of the things they taught me, they put this massive sign up and said, is it worth it? And so from that day on, everything I do, I look at it and go, is it worth it? If it's not worth it, why do we do things that are worth less, that add nothing to our lives? Crazy, crazy people. Why am I wasting my time? What could I be doing that would be better uh, instead? And I've got, I have loads of these sayings like, you know, and, and if you, what, what's the, one of the sayings that I was taught, if you, if you do what you've always done, you'll always get the same results. So, you know, if you, want, if you want to change the results of your life, you want to change what you're doing in your life, you've got to change. It, 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 it is quite simple. And, but us as Christians, we, 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 <laughs> we want and we want. We're no different to anyone else. I'm sorry, we are no different to anyone. We want and we want, we want. And we, you know, and, and, and we, we see these things that we want. And sometimes that, if we don't look at what we're doing and we don't change what we're doing, it's quite absurd thinking we're going to get any results. It's ridiculous, silly, even stupid, that if we think we want things and we, and we keep doing the same, we're not going to change the results. As long as we continue to put ourselves first in everything of what we want to do, we will never break out of the prison we've created for ourselves. It's, it's, we've done it. You know, people say, oh, well, the devil. And I said, don't you blame the devil. The devil, you bring, you know, your scripture tells us, the devil, get thee beyond my sight, and he's got to do as he's told. Especially for born-again Christians. That spirit inside us is greater than the spirit of this world. And we've got to use that, you know, and, and, and command and demand those things when we think it's anything bad against us. It's important. It's important that we seek God first. This is the scripture, Matthew 6, 31 to 34. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For these things all the world seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But first, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about the things of its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You see, we've got to start looking what God wants. 
for us to do, to get blessed. I mean, everyone says, I want to be blessed. Everyone says, I want to be happy. Everyone says, I want good things. I want to do this and I want to do that. But we don't do anything to get it. If you, you, know, if you want a mansion and you've got, and you've got, a, you've got a job that's only going to afford a shed, you've got to change. And we'll be more likely to do that. But God knows and God will bless. So it's important that we, 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 we look at it, putting God first. What does that mean? How hard is it to put God first? How hard is it? What do you mean put God first? Well, we plan to do things every single day. Every single day, no matter who you are, whether you're at work, not at work, whether you're retired or not retired, whatever, whatever we're doing, we plan in many different ways. We, we, <laughs> some of us even plan to do nothing. Yeah? What was that old saying? I'm busy doing nothing, working the whole day through, trying to find lots of things not to do. Amen. Yeah, I remember it. I'm sure my mum used to sing that to me. We work, and so we, we do make plans, no matter what anyone says. We, for those who work, they plan every day to try to get up on time and go to work and come home and things like that. Everyone, whether it's shopping, whether it's housekeeping, whatever it may be, you're always planning to do something. Doctor's appointments, all the, you know, your teeth, your body, your everything, your eyes, every, you know, you plan appointments, holidays. You know, I mean, a lot of people, that's the first thing they book for the next year, plan is, is the holidays, which is quite sensible because you book your holidays so you can get there and tell work when you go in. But everyone, everyone is planning. You know, and, and, you know, and it's quite, and we've got these incredible practical things that, that, that this, this world has created for us, simple things like a diary, you know. And if you don't use a diary, I'm sorry, you, you, you are simple. Because no matter who you are, you're going to remember, have to remember stuff to do all the time. And that's just one of the most amazing help. And of course, um, some of us are, are list maniacs. That's what people call me, a list maniac. You know, you know and because I make lists for everything. So if you, if you say to me, Mark, what are you doing with this? I'll say, I'll say well, let me have a look. Oh, here's my church list. Right, okay. Mark, what are, you, what are you doing about witnessing Mark? Here's my witnessing list. Just on, on paper. Everything I've got a list for. Plus my diary. Plus my iPad. And my iPhone. Why? Because I want my life to be in order. I want to create the time for what I want to do and not what everybody else thinks. I should be doing because don't forget people eat your time away people eat your time about time away so it's important it's important that we we, we do that so you know and, and it's and it's wonderful and it, all of that helps us not forget as well how many people forget things and go oh I should have done you know and it creates more problem than than, than, than actually doing it and none of us are perfect Amen. we all forget and we, sometimes we even put the list somewhere and forget where the list is. So, you know, all those things do happen. You know, but don't worry. Don't worry. That's why God gives us mercy, gives us forgiveness, gives us patience and love and favour and grace. And the Holy Ghost does prompt us. You know that. The Spirit does prompt us what it is. When our plans are all about us, 
and what we need to do and what we, we want to do and everything else and do not include the way of life the Lord has asked us to do, we will always feel bad about ourselves. You'll always get that twinge of guilt. Why? Because you've really not put anything for him. And I don't just mean church and, and, and Bible study. It's what else we do in our life. It's why we must get God's plan for our life instilled in us. That we've got to be looking. It's a way of life. This is not a Sunday, Sunday get-together. If you want that, go somewhere else. You can have loads of teas and biscuits and singing and everything else. It's why he's got a plan for us. And you, you know this scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. This is what God said right from the beginning. For I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and hope. Then you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And listen, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. So all the time God's got a plan for us to get out of the mess we're in, get out of the thinking we're in, get out of the, <laughs> the way it is, and move us out of captivity to be free. We can blame the devil for everything, and a lot of Christians do. Everything that goes wrong, they blame the devil. But I, I have to say to them, why are you blaming the devil? You mean he's got control of you? He's telling you what you've got to do? That's not what the Bible says. It tells me that the one inside me is greater than the one of this world, and the one of this world is evil. It's badness and evil, whatever you call evil, you know, lying and cheating, robbing and violence, unbelief, whatever it may be. That's all the things that work against God. Scripture is quite simple. Resist the devil and he shall flee. Get thee behind me, Satan, in Jesus' name. It's so simple. You know, trusting God with all your heart, that's what we started with on those scriptures. And do not lean on your own understanding. You know that when I travelled, I travelled for 15 years through, throughout Asia and, and many other countries with, with my very good friend, um, um, Clement. Um, big Clem, he was, he was only this big. He's only this big, you know, I can, I can tell you because it won't go any further, but, you know, when we had our altercations, which you do because, you know, he's the only man that I've slept, that I've, that I've had sleeping accommodation with for a long time, you know, and people go, oh, you know, but we had no choice. There's nothing there, you know. The, you know the, I, I said in, in, my, in my message, I said, for a Westerner going over to these, into these, into these wild places, the jungle and, you know, in the rural places and that, you know, it's, it's just incredible, you know, there's, the accommodation is incredibly awful. I mean, my wife came with me and she just couldn't believe that that's what I used to go to when I say, oh, we went to these hotels. I said, Mark, these are not hotels, they're huts. 
you know, cockroaches and smells and stinks and no, wa no water sometimes. So, you know, even though we sweat like the proverbial pigs, it just floods out of you and everything, like the heat, the insects. Anyway, and the, you know, and the smells were disgusting. But we did that. We did that. And Bishop Clement was definitely has been one of my, well, probably the closest friend I've, I've ever had. And part of, the, part of the tribute was that we told thousands of people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And thousands of them were, were actually pastors that we, you know, we ministered to thousands upon thousands of pastors. So what Ben was praying and said, we don't know what's happened there. Because we, 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 we did. We, we, we preached this gospel everywhere we went. We've seen the amazing um, moves of the Holy Spirit everywhere. And we knew that the Lord had worked with us so much. Why? Because he supplied all our needs. If you think that some years I traveled for 26 weeks. I was running two businesses. And when I came home, I was doing two Bible studies and I was preaching every, every weekend all around the country. You know, you can see that, you know, that definitely was obedience, nothing else. We'd go to places we wouldn't know anyone. And we'd end up with someone who would introduce us to someone. And we would go to someone's church and we'd preach the gospel and, you know, 20, 10, 5, 200 people would receive the Holy Ghost in, in a day. We'd see healings, we'd see the most amazing things. And then we would continue to teach them after that. We got one organization of 1,500 churches and we changed it. Two blokes, one from Alzheimer and one Indian Malay, not special people, just people that had a faith and we never knew what we was going to talk to never knew what we was going to see never knew what we was going to preach but God spoke through us it was definitely God's love and we really believe that was because of our obedience to go wherever he sent us and do whatever he asked was, was at, at the reason why he supplied all of our needs Yes, scriptures, I'll give you a few scriptures. It's important that we understand that about the trust that we've got to put in God. It's not about us. We look at ourselves at what we can do. We look at our education and say, well, it's not very good. We say, well, look at me, I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, you know, people will not believe me when I say my nickname at school was Mouse because I was so quiet and people who, who have only known me the last 10 years or something no you're lying well that was the fact and you know and, and I, I don't mind telling you that every time I used to stand up and speak in public I would sweat like the proverbial pig I was as nervous as anything I'd have rather have gone up there after about 12 pints of lager rather than do it and then, and then all of a sudden you know I, I, I God saved me, and, and within, within, within six weeks, I was doing Bible study. Never been to church in my life. 
you know, and, 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 and then after three months, every Friday night, we'd have a testimony service in my house just telling them how I got saved. And we had 23 people receive the Holy Ghost in, in, in 12 weeks. Obedience. Nothing to do with what I think, but what I found. Quite simple stuff, but it's that obedience. But I did have to learn to trust God in these things. 2 Corinthians 1, 9 to 11 says this. Yes, we all have the sentence of death in ourselves. We're all going to die. Hallelujah. You can smile now. We're all going to die no matter who, who it is. So that's, that's, that's the end of our life no matter when it is. That we should not trust in ourselves. But in God. Who can raise the dead. Who delivered us from so great a death. Because don't forget when we die and we're following Christ. We will be with God forevermore. And does deliver us. Does take us out of the problems. So it's in, in him we trust that he will continue to deliver us out of every situation for the rest of our living life. <coughs> Amen. 2 Corinthians 3, 4 and 6. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. But all our sufficiency is from God. Who also made us sufficient as ministers. Remember, we're, we're ministers. All of us are a minister. It's not about standing up here. It's not about being a pastor. It's about being a child of God and being obedient to what he wants. So all of us as ministers of the new covenant... Not of the letter, but of the spirit. Don't forget, in the Old Testament, it was just word, word, word. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You can't do this. This is what you're going to do with this. This is what you're going to do. Now, it's by the spirit. So when we get born again and filled with the spirit, God works from the inside to try and teach us. Try. I say try because we have our own will. We'll either do it or we won't. We'll either come to church or we won't. We'll either follow out what we want to do or follow what God wants to do. You know, I, it, it's easy for me. It's easy for me to tell everyone, hey, there's no better life than this. You know, I've had whatever I've wanted in this life I've had. And people go, oh, that's because you've worked hard. I said, yes. I said, well, what, what about when I wasn't there at the businesses then? If I'm the one that runs all, all around, how come the businesses were blessed? How come every mistake we made? We got better, not worse. Important. But you know, there's some absolutely wonderful stuff in this, in this Bible. And, and, and one of these scriptures that hit me this morning, it, was, it was, really reminds me. You see, everything that I do, I can give you a testimony from Asia about nearly every scripture that I read because I can remember straight away some of the things that I'll be teaching these people for all these years. And, and this is one of them from Timothy uh, 4.6. This, was, this, was, this is one that I felt that, you know, that, that you know, Clement and I would be there and, and, you know, and we'd read it together and you'd go, this is it. This is, it. This is another look. It's another revelation we've got. If you instruct the brethren in these things, 
So that message is to all of us. If you instruct others in these things, you will be a good minister of the Jesus Christ. Listen, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. So God nourishes us. God gives us that, that extra that we can't have, that bit more that, that we don't. But, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself to godliness. This exercising yourself to godliness is doing what we do. Talk about it. See what people have got to say. Try to show them. Show them the scripture. Show them that we've changed. For bodily exercise profits a little. Now, people say, oh, Mark, I don't have to do exercise. No, I'm sorry. You know, I'm the wrong one to say that to. You've got to look after yourself. If you don't look after yourself, we're going to have a, we're going to have a problem with your health. But godliness is profitable for all things. For everything, doing the work of God, trying to follow God all the time is profitable for all things. Profitable. We will gain benefit from doing what we do for God. Having promise of the life that now is and of that is what to come. So God promises this better life in this life. Let alone having eternal life with with the Lord. And this is a faithful saying and worthy of all our acceptance. Why? For to this end we both labour and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the saviour of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. That's us. That's us. That's not me. That's us. The reason why I have to teach you is so you can teach others. It's so simple. That's how the gospel grows. You know, it's not, not by, you know, you can get people to church and, you know, everybody's been to churches and they go into those churches and they know that most of the people aren't saved. Amen? This is why he tells us to do all these wonderful things, you know, and people think some of these things are are man's things. You know, we talk about vision, having a vision for the future, having a vision of who we're going to be, having a vision get to heaven, having a vision of baptizing people, having having a vision of having a bigger house, having a vision about your kids, you know, all these work, what we can do at work, all this vision stuff is right. We've got to see where we're going. And we've got to follow that same mission that our Lord Jesus Christ came for. I have come to seek and save those that are lost. And we've got to have that same mission. So therefore we've got to do what we call the practical human things. We've got a plan. We've got to have time management. We've got to look at how we're doing our time. And with all that we've got to have some action. We've got to do what we say. You know, it's no good keep praying, Lord, send me. Go. It's quite simple. Oh, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you give me 10 million pounds for the next week. Well, go and work for it. Action. Action. It's so important. And of course, all this stuff, we've got to keep checking ourselves. The Bible says to examine ourselves and judge ourselves. So we've got to check what we're doing. You know, and if, and, and if you've got couples, it's brilliant. Check on each other. It pre- creates some great prayer sessions when you start arguing. Hallelujah. But at least you get it out of the way. 
Amen. He's, you see, because people think we're perfect as Christians. Well, as you all know, this Jesus is perfect. And... <laughs> and there's only other one place in the Bible. Psalm 37. Mark, the perfect man. Hallelujah. It doesn't actually go like that, Rebecca, so don't look at me like that. It's, it's, it says Mark, the perfect man. Then it explains what he means. Not, it's, it means Mark him. Mark him. Hallelujah. But I like saying it. It's funnier. Praise the Lord. So it's, it's so important that we review our, what we're doing. And round and round we go. That's, that's what it is. That's how we get blessed. Yeah, fail. It's okay. You know why God loves a failure? Because you've tried. It's so simple, Kev. It's so simple. We want to punish ourselves. And God should get up. Go again. It's, it, it's quite amazing. Uh, and round and round it goes. Growing in the Lord, as we see, as we see us labouring in this field of souls, as we see God producing more in us, you will see that you will have a harvest in your own life. You will get those rewards that God has promised, and that, and, and you know, and all those, all those fruits of the Spirit that He's trying to develop in you. He will develop when you are working. He can't develop it in you when you're not working. It's like saying, dig a trench, here's the spade, and you lean on it. Yeah, I know what it's for, I know how to do it, but we don't do it. It's exactly the same with the Lord. And that development is ourselves. You can say, God, develop me. And he'll say, well, get working, and I'll walk with you. I'll work with you. I'll be in you and help you. And of course, his great rewards, you know, that, you know, as I said, it's easy for me. I'm 60, 65 next birthday, and it's easy for me to say because the rewards that I've received and all the things that it is, you know, I give all accreditation to, to the Lord. Because, you know, people say, well, how have you done all that? And I said, I don't know. I said, I must have more minutes in an hour than you. I must have more hours in the day. And I must have more days in the week. And that's what it felt like. Because of how much we, we, we actually did. It was quite amazing. But I still believe that God gave us everything we needed to be able to do uh, what we did. And the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, it'll, give, it'll give God the chance to, to produce the gifts of the Spirit in you. Because that's what will happen the more you talk to people and the more you witness. God will give you those gifts of wisdom and knowledge and faith and, and, and love to be able to, to show them um, that the that, that Lord is with us. So, and our life's rewards will be visible to others. And don't forget some of the most, it's not just about the material things. Yeah, God will, God will bless people with material things because people need money to put into the kingdom to do the work. Yeah? You can't see, you can't see somebody that, that, that's poor and starving and not be able to have enough to eat yourself. So God has to bless his people to be able to give. Yeah, but guess what? If he can't trust you, he can't because you know because 
it, that means everyone will take those rewards. It is about the doing. And of course, the most important thing he wants for you to have is a peace in your heart, no matter what's going on. And this peace is not, is not just a quietness. It's, yep, I know it's going on, and I'm not like it. It was like, it was like last week, you know, we, 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 had, we had many, many phone calls, and, and, you know, to and from Malaysia, you know, that um, very special. When, he, when the dad died, um, Gino um, was there, his, that's his youngest son, and the first person he phoned was not anyone else, he phoned the UK to tell me. You know, and that's, that's a blessing on its own, isn't it? You know, and it, it, was, it was so, so important. But, you know, I felt at peace. Yeah, I was sad. I, I, have, I have wept and, you know, thank God my family was with me um, this Christmas, you know, and that, you know, because it, just, it was just a freedom to, to weep when I wanted to and just, you know, just to have my time on my own and then time with my family. It's been a, a very difficult time. But it, it gives us that. You know, but then I started to tell them some of the fun things that we did. You know, some of you will not not be shocked at some of the things that we did. The once we went for, we went we was in, in in Kathmandu, and one of the pastors said, "You you need to go up Everest." I said, "Yeah, I'll go up Everest." He said, "No, not walk up, Mark. Fly up. If when you get a good day, it's amazing you can fly around." Everest, like, you know, and they'll come down lower and you go back by the best. So that sounds so exciting. So we went for three days on the truck to this tour, tour agency he give us. Um, and anyway, day by day we went in. And day by day, Clement would tell them, I'm Mr. Bean. Okay? So I'd be, ooh. And I'd be doing all these funny noises and telling them jokes and things like this. Anyway. The lady, the manager of the shop, told the boss that we got Mr. Bean, and he's ever so funny. So, so they're all laughing, and they think, I'm now Mr. Bean. So we went in on the third day, and uh, she said, oh, and my boss wants to see you. She said, where is he? So he's only around the back. He said, I'll give him a ring. I said, and we'll go around. He said, next time I go in. And he said, and he said okay, so we give him a ring. We're sitting there. He said, right, 10 minutes now. He said, we're going. he's brought all his family there. He's got his friends and he said, and he's got some other people from the parliament, from the government. And I went, I looked at Clement. <laughs> I said, what have you done? Anyway, you know, and anyway, the, the, uh, I said, well, what is this chap? And he said, oh, he, this was before it was, um, before it was become a secular government. It was, it was, it was a king. He said, this, this man, he said, he is the only person the kings have selected for the government. It's his man. He said, so he's bringing all the other people. They're hopping. I'm going, I'm going, Father, <laughs> what are we going to do here? So anyway, that we did. He took us back, these massive doors, and, and you went in. It was, like, it was like a paradise. It's a massive mansion right in the middle of Kathmandu. And, you know, it's all filthy and dirty and dusty and smelly and, you know. And then we come into this paradise, all these plants and everything. I'm going, dear me, and a big mansion. And all they all got the... You know the colonial things on, you know, you know, all, all dressed up. And I was like, "Damn, mate, what, what are we going to see?" So we went into this massive room, absolutely lovely, absolutely crowded, with people, and they said, "This is Mr. Bain." <laughs> well, you can imagine. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? 
And so, you know, I said, I said, it's been a bit of a bit of a mistake. <laughs> you know. So anyway, I, you know, I just, I, I, you know, we began to tell them, like, you know, what we were there for, and you know, and I said, listen, I've got a few stories I can tell you, and I did, and they did laugh, um, and then we prayed, we prayed for them, and and we escaped. But that's Clement. That was Clement. He put me in some incredibly difficult positions, and you know, and we we scraped through them, like you know. But that's just one of them. There's, there's, but. One of the things it gave us, you know, we didn't have joy. Everywhere we went, it was, we had amazing people we met, people in massive trouble, and, and you know, we've met murderers and gangsters and you name it, you know, and, and some of the richest people, but, 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 but most of them were the poorest people that, that we've, we've, we've ever seen. And so with all that... You know, we had joy. We've seen people being saved wherever we went. We did not go anywhere without people being saved. And then went back year after year to, to preach and teach. You know, that's the obedience. You know, and I'm not saying you have to do that, but I'm just trying to open your, your minds to what God can do with someone who learns and follows. You know me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not brilliant, I'm no, no academic, you know, you know, but all I do know is that this is real and I'll do what God has said rather than what Mark thinks and I shall, I shall be okay. This is for you. If we will just trust in the Lord, follow what he's been teaching us to do, and do it wherever we go. We will be the light of the world. We will preach. We will teach. We will see the salvation of souls. And we will make disciples. This is a year of personal challenge for each one of us. But you need to ask yourself some questions. What will you need to change so the Lord can work with you and guide you into all this truth he's trying to teach. And of course, what do we need to change to be that fruitful child of God he wants you to be? I'll go back to the beginning. What will you have me to do, Lord, this year? Let's look to the Lord this morning. And not only to pray, because that's fine, but for the Lord to show us where we need to change. And to go home and do something practical. And write down what you know that needs changing. Time for truth to God and to ourselves. Always remember his promises. Mark 10, 27 says this. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible.